Hey everybody, what is going on? Welcome to the final day recap from Wadapalooza in Miami. I'm Armin, that is Chase. What is up? And uh, well, it's been it's been a great competition so far. Sunday was a gr- like probably the single best day of competition in terms of how tight all the races yeah. were. Sound the hype horns. It was lit today, man. I believe that would sound like if I had a button, it would be like... It was was an awesome day of competition. It was an awesome day of competition. We had two events today. We had Mm -hmm. a deadlift and burpee over bar couplet. Both the individuals and the teams did the same workout pretty much. Which looked as gross as it sounds. Just a brutal, brutal high power output uh, couplet. There on the uh, Tina Hill stage, which is oh yeah, way narrow. The uh, tiny, I believe, is a. But it was kind of cool because everybody was like right on top of each other, so intimate. all the action was just so like super packed. It, it was, was intimate, it was yeah. Um, definitely that. The final event of the day was this chipper with wall ball and uh, calories on the ski erg and dumbbell snatch and heavy dumbbell snatch, box jump overs, and then and finally super high some, box jump overs, some bar muscle ups, right? So. It had a it had a whole lot of things going for it. Coming into today, there was some questions in the air. There was a lot of really tight races. All of those things uh, resolved themselves, I'd say, in really exciting ways. One hundred percent over the course of of the uh, of the day of competition. So, you know, let's not beat around the bush anymore. Let's go ahead and get into the leaderboard and take a look at what happened here. Yeah, so, let's do it on the men's side. We're now looking at the men's leaderboard. At the very tippy top of that leaderboard is Patrick Vellner, who did precisely and exactly everything he could have possibly done to take the W at Wadapalooza for the second year in a row. Yeah, quite quite literally. He you can't place any higher than first place. Maybe there's a zeroth there's, place somewhere I've where asked, you get like hundred and ten points. I've asked there isn't. Okay. Yeah. Well, then in that case, he did actually do. That's correct. We have we have we have fact checked Chase's previous statement. He placed the highest he possibly could have. That's uh, journalism, folks. Patrick Vellner took b- first place in both events today, and that was enough for him to tie Cole Sager. Yeah, it wasn't even enough to beat Cole. Yeah, Sager. Cole had Cole had a sixty-ish point lead um, going into. Uh, the final day yeah yeah he did and and we mentioned and we mentioned on the recap last night that you know that's it's a 68 or 64 point gap um but that was definitely uh definitely at risk of shrinking because cole is notoriously not the best deadlifter in the field not to say that he's not a freakishly strong individual but deadlifts are one of his weaker weaker movements um and and that's what we kind of saw play out in the down up event uh cole actually came in i think 19th correct if i'm I'm correct that is correct uh, and gave up a massive massive amount of points to velner who capitalized yeah absolutely and uh you know it really comes down to velner doing everything he can cole sager um you know, sort of having having one slip up because he took second place in the final event. Yes, he did. So that one slip up is enough to sort of eat your, you know, eat, eat the lead that he had built coming into the final day. Now, Cole is a really fascinating athlete for a lot of reasons. And to me, and I asked him about this. I don't know if you, if you guys didn't get a chance to see. I don't know if the press conference was streamed anywhere. We filmed some of it um, and I'll, I'll upload it over the next couple of days on the, on the channel. But I got a chance to ask Cole about sort of what it's like to be Cole competing at these events because he tends to fly under the radar and he doesn't get the attention he deserves because he doesn't put himself out there in really flashy ways. He, yeah, he's not like the first athlete to kind of talk shit. He's not really the first athlete to say anything controversial or call his shot. He's just kind of a silent and consistent competitor yeah, across and the board. He, he stays in his, uh, I think, believe you referred to it as Mad Laboratory uh, in his garage in Spokane yeah. and trains and trains and trains and he makes uh, you know adjustments as necessary gets himself into a position to be better and better every year and is consistently crushing it at the highest levels so if you underestimate Cole Sager no longer do that yeah should you as if his you know past games finishes have uh, told you to do otherwise this yeah. dude's a threat 
And rounding out our podium was Noah Olsen. Now, you might be wondering, um, Noah, by the way, had a really awful start to the weekend through loose. His first day yeah. just wasn't that, hot, that wasn't that hot. Yeah, it wasn't the uh, best. Really loose. Loose was rough on him. But he had a really solid remainder of the, the, the few days of competition and ended up on the podium, podium spot. Really good day of performances for him, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, but... You may be wondering, Pat Vellner, Cole Sager, they're tied. What happened? How does the tiebreak happen? Let me paint a picture for you. Rock, paper, scissors. Yes. White knuckles. Kind of. From the, the great white north. Mom's spaghetti. A lot of Canadian flags in the background. A lot of American flags in the background. Yeah. Everybody's cheering for Cole Sager. It was Cole like a more Sager. polite Rocky Four. Yeah. No one had to die. No one died. No one did any training camps in Siberian winter. Well, they did. We just didn't hear about that. That's it. a good point. No, here's what actually happened. Going into the final workout uh, of Wadapalooza, Pat Vellner was uh, six points behind Cole Sager. Six-point differential. Now, the way the scoring system works, that six-point differential could be made up a couple different ways. First off, a win for Pat Vellner and a second-place finish for Cole Sager is six points. And that's the scenario that we saw play out. Mm -hmm. A second place finish for Pat Vellner and a third place finish for Cole Sager, that's also a six point differential. And a third place finish for Pat Vellner would require Cole to have taken something fifth or worse in order for him to make up that six point differential. Now, the scenario we found ourselves in was that six points was made up by Pat winning the last event, Cole taking second, they tie the tiebreaker is the number of number one finishes you have across number one finishes yes. first place finishes the number of first place finishes you have across the entire weekend pat had three yeah three loose. first place finishes and then both the ones from today right he had two today and he had loose exactly so he started and finished his competition with event first wins. place finishes event wins and Not so out of the park event wins are the tiebreaker and therefore Pat Vellner takes the tiebreaker. Um, the spot to the CrossFit Games goes wholeheartedly to one Saxon Panchik, who's sitting in fourth place. So one of the things we talked about early on was that Travis Williams wanted yeah. to just come in, win the sanctional, take the individual invite, and give it to somebody the as CrossFit if it was Robin a charity. Hood. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, he's he's taken from the fit and giving to the the less fit. Slightly less fit, correct. Slightly and it, less and fit. it turned out that Saxon Panchik was not about that life. No, Saxon had just a kick-ass performance in the final event. He was I mean, obviously going into the event, he knew what he needed to do. Um and he just executed to the you know, the utmost degree. Yeah. Um, to the point where by the way, he and his brother Spencer were essentially duking it out for that that spot, that qualifying spot. And he had done some math. We were catching up with him and Scott, the, their older brother, uh, right after the events before the, the podium ceremony took place. And uh, he was talking about how, you know, he had a very clear idea of how many places he had as a gap, how many people could middle between him and Spencer for him to still ensure the position. And he was talking about being on the ski erg, which is the first half of that that first uh, mm-hmm. that final workout, being on the ski erg and counting the athletes passing him by, getting off the ski erg first. And he's like, I got to four, and then I realized I need to go a lot faster on this ski erg in order to catch back up. And that was exactly what he was able to do. Yeah. Uh, he had a really solid finish, fourth place finish on that, that final event and punched his ticket back to the CrossFit Games. Yeah, it was... It was- it was pretty. It was pretty exciting watching him hammer out those box jump overs. He's just so. Uh, I, I I don't the springy. I don't I don't know. He just looks like a real athlete out there. A lot of these a lot <laughs> of these cats with the thirty six inch box where you know it's it's a pretty high jump, but everything's flat footed. But yeah, like, yeah everything, I got no calves. Everything's built for strength, but not necessarily like athletic. Uh, yeah, power speed output. or agility <laughs> yeah. or anything side to side or yeah. starting and, and stopping quickly. Saxon kind of looked like he had like springs in his feet. It was pretty pretty cool. Yeah, it it was it was it was a very very exciting final event on the men's division uh, because it really did come down to just a handful of reps uh, across the last workout that decided where 
the games invite was going. The games and it invite decided was going where, and where who the was going to be the champion. Big check was going to go. So yeah. congratulations to Pat Bellner for having uh, you know great performance across the the weekend and coming out on top. Congrats to the rest of the podium for earning their way there, Cole Sager and Noel Olson, and of course congrats to Saxon Panchik for getting his spot. Um, back to the CrossFit Games, really impressive all around. Now let's go ahead and take a look. We're going to switch gears here. Yeah, and also congrats to uh, Brent Fikowski on winning every single bet across the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Brent Fikowski is uh, Brent Fikowski is forty dollars richer this weekend, <laughs> uh, and he didn't even have to compete. No. He just he just took money from Travis Williams's pocket. He's like, hey, Trav, thanks. He didn't actually, I take that back. He didn't win every single bet today uh, across the weekend because Travis did place in the top 20% of Well, that was a contingent contingent on him also doing all the muscle-ups on Broken. So he did lose that bet, Travis did. Well, we'll put it as a sidebar. Yeah, well, there you go. It is what it is. (laughs) Uh, On the women's side, the competition was no less exciting. There was a lot of things going on. Um, You know, the... The buffer that Tia had coming into today was minimal. I think it was about 16 points, if I remember correctly. Yes. It increased going into the final event, mm-hmm. but... Not by much. Not by much. And but, even the final score, honestly, to me, doesn't really tell the full story of how close the competition was. There is a 38-point gap between Tia Clertuni and Sarah Sigmund's daughter, who's in second place. And uh, the... The reality of the situation there is that Sigmund's daughter, in many ways, sort of shined a light on where she can push T. Claire Toomey, unlike other athletes. And I think that's a big confidence boost for her. We were catching up with her after the event was over, and she was talking about how, for her, you know, the, the remainder of her season is really kind of back to the drawing board one more big competition in Rogue, and then from Mm -hmm. there, it's the CrossFit Games. And so for her, coming out to Wadapalooza was a a tactical decision specifically to go and compete against Tia. Yeah, she wanted to see uh, how she stacked up to the champ. Um, And I think if you're looking to be on top of that podium at the CrossFit games, that's the type of stuff. Those are the type of types of decisions you have to make in your season. Yeah. You know, she was saying that she didn't necessarily want to do Wadapalooza, you know, when she saw it pop up on the sanctionals map. Uh, but she decided to do that. Once she saw Tia was confirmed, she was like, I'm going to go there and see, see what I have. I feel really good. Let's, let's test it out. Yeah. And, uh, she went toe to toe with the champ, uh, admirably. I would say she held her own. Yeah, yeah, and I and I definitely think it was a confidence booster for her. I think I think she said something along the lines of, you know, you know, this of this event and this placement at Wadapalooza kind of proved to me that Tia is in fact not a robot. Now I'm still on the fence, but <laughs> if if Sarah Sigma, Sigma's daughter believes that she's not a robot, that has to be great going into training. I I would say so. That that's a confidence boost. Yeah, yeah. Know? So. Um, Rounding out our podium is another athlete who kind of stays under the radar, who absolutely deserves to have a ton more attention put on her, Carrie Pierce. Carrie Pierce has been the fittest American for years. Ever and ever. I mean, it's been like at least four years. I want to say it's been like four years, maybe more, that she's been the fittest American. Yeah, Carrie Pierce's guns are the backbone of this nation. That's true. I believe I believe it's actually written into the Constitution. And I mean her her biceps, not not her gun collection. No, no, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I understand what you're saying. Her guns too, but mainly but her, her biceps. guns as well. Yeah. Mainly her biceps. No, uh, Carrie Pierce was was kind of like this this silent assassin all weekend, showing up for events, crushing them, walking away. Now again, when you see, we'll, we'll we'll talk about this a little bit more on the team side. There was a little more of a confusing situation on the team side, but. There was also a big gap in the points on the team side, and a big part of that gap, and similar to a big part of the gap here, is that when you have someone like T. Claire Toomey just gobbling up all the points, there aren't as many points for everybody else to take. So even if somebody else is doing well, the the difference yeah, between them is exaggerated. They don't have that hundred point or ninety point, uh, you know, uh, influx added into and added to, into their score. You know, they're looking at. Oh, well, shit, I picked up 50 here. I picked up 70 here. Yeah. And it, it just doesn't allow you to have like these blowout scores um, and make it closer at the top. So they're all kind of clumped, um, but then spaced. It's, it's weird. 
It's a strange thing. It is. We saw we saw a couple really uh, solid performances as well from top ten finishers from last year's games, including Amanda Barnhart, Haley Adams. Really, really solid coming out here and, and showing that you know what they were able to do last season. Not a fluke at all. Uh, Burke Wells, who is just on the verge of making the top ten, also had a solid weekend. A couple of issues here and there for her. Um, but I think, and I, I think I saw her sort of nursing her back a little bit after the deadlift workout. My guess is just the volume deadlifts are, yeah. you know, just as hard on her as it would be on us, especially at that, that high of a weight. So hopefully that's not something that is going to hinder her ability to train and compete because honestly, Brooke, they're like flashes of this like greatness that show up in certain workouts. And really it just comes down to her putting together a solid camp, feeling good and going into the games healthy. Yeah. You know, we've seen that happen yeah, before and she's, she's crushed it at the games. And my expectation is if she can make those things happen, she can crush it at the games. Yeah. Again. She, she's a killer. If all the, all the pieces line up a hundred percent. And as on the men's side, we had to go to fourth to take the yeah. invite. We have to go clear down all the way to down to 10th on the women's side, because if you guys remember the very first preview that I did coming into Wapalooza, we had 10 pre-qualified men, 14 pre-qualified women. So 10th place on the women's side, Emily Rolf um, earns her spot to the CrossFit games yeah. this weekend, beating out a very, very close competition with Colleen Foch and games Just, veteran, Jess Griffith. Yeah. It was it was super super interesting to see it happen. Um, it did come down to a cup, excuse me, a couple of slip ups from some of the athletes. Yeah, um, yeah. I know. mean, yeah. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, you know, Emily Rolf herself had a slip up in that deadlift event. She had it, a slip up in that twenty second place in that deadlift event. Here, let's scroll a little more so you guys can actually see what we're talking about. Here. Yeah, Here yeah. Uh, Emily Rolf had a slip up in that deadlift event. It looked like, you know, it's just, it was just a really heavy weight for that amount of reps. Yeah, it's big. Um, and then you also kind of forget that deadlifts and burpees are very similar movement patterns as your hip flexors and your hamstrings are all types of activated in this. Um, and depending on how you move for each movement, they kind of really tax each other, uh, you know, a little bit unbeknownst to you until it hits you, right? When your legs go and on when deadlifts. when it hits you, it hits you. Yeah. And that's what it kind of looked like with, with Rolf. And plus she has a whole weekend of competing under her belt. Um, and that really, that slip up really put Jessica Griffith back into the conversation of like, hey, like, you know, if, if everything falls in, in place for this last event, Foch and, and Rolf have an off event, Griffith could take that that uh, games invite berth. It was similar for a similar situation from Colleen Foch as well. She had the opportunity to sort of capitalize on some mistakes that were made by her competitors. And you can tell by how close the scores are for them. Now, the, the scores even out lower into the into the leaderboard. So you can tell how close the scores are. It's four points from Emily Rolf to Colleen Foch, and it's only 14 points from Colleen Foch to Jess Griffith. I mean, you're talking about a very tight race for that invite. I would be shocked, shocked, I say, if we don't see both Colleen Foch and Jess Griffith qualify individually for the games this year. Yeah. Keep in mind, hard to believe this. We're less than halfway through the sanctional season. Less than halfway through the sanctional season. There's still... Wild. A dozen plus sanctionals to go, basically, <laughs> all the way through July Fourth weekend. That's so a lot. that's a that's lot, a lot of opportunities to compete. It's a lot of opportunities to compete. That's a lot of different fields to compete against. And the and the fields keep thinning out. You know, it's it's going to be the similar situation. If we're looking at the tenth place finisher to see who gets the games invite for the women at Wadapalooza, and we're less than halfway through the season, imagine what it's going to be like at. Asbury Park. Right. Or with like three Games. or four sanctionals remaining in the season, the the look is going to be a lot different, right? If you do have big-name athletes showing up, they're going to be taking up a big part of the top uh, of the leaderboard, and therefore the spots are going to slide down the leaderboard. If you don't have those athletes showing up because they're focusing on games prep or some other event that they have to worry about and prepare for, guess what? They're not there to compete against, and suddenly you're the big dog in town. So it really 100%. is later in the season a situation in which these athletes that have like cut their teeth against super, super deep competitive fields can show up and just have themselves, you know, a great time <laughs> doing basically what they did 
against like the best CrossFitters in the world and win a sanctioned event because yeah. of it, right? Uh, on the team side, like I said earlier, we had a couple of interesting things to keep track of here. So let's go ahead and scroll down until there we go. Our winners are. were Mayhem Freedom. Boom. By two points. Now, this was so also close. a really interesting situation. So basically, Mayhem Freedom has been trading wins with Team the uh, Team Gowad for the entire weekend. And going into the final event, Mayhem Freedom had an eight-point lead. Yep. That eight-point lead, and we talked about this with the men's division, is six points is between first and second and second and third. So essentially, in order for them to keep that eight-point lead, they needed to place directly behind uh the uh uh directly behind team Gowad if Gowad were to win the final event. Right. They couldn't afford to place in third they if could Gowad not have won. Anyone they couldn't middle. have been in fourth. Like they had to place in second place. They could not have anybody middle. Ideally um, they win. And what's that? Ideally, Ideally they, they would win the event if they could and not have to worry event. about it. Yeah. So th- those were the two scenarios, right? If you laid down the scenarios for Mayhem Freedom to take the win, the scenarios were they would either have to take the event win or uh, uh, Gowad places first and they take second or Gowad places like 15th and they take 16th or something, right? right? That would be a smaller than eight point gap as well. Very unlikely that they were going to not, you know, either win or take second overall in that it's workout. It's really weird anyway. that, that teams don't discuss before events what placements they need to be in, and then they go. and they just coordinate as yeah, necessary you know, to coordinate. our whims. Uh, <laughs> and then the winning conditions for Goad were essentially win that event or take second place, and have at least two points gap or two, uh, two place gap between them, them and, mayhem. and Mayhem. So essentially, if they took first, Mayhem would have to take third. The event goes to Gowad. Right. If they take second, Mayhem would take fourth or worse. The event goes to Gowad. Right. At that point, the team competition really comes down to do what you can, avoid any big mistakes, and then make sure nobody else beats you. Right. That mm-hmm. from from Mayhem's position. And when <laughs> when this final event happened, Gowad goes out there, murders it. Yeah. Murders it a 10 second win in this workout with all these different transitions with pairs working together in synchro stuff a 10 second win is a millennia forever basically yeah it's pretty huge maybe it's not that gigantic but you get it i mean it's, it played it's out meaningful it's a meaningful big win 10 second win mayhem and uh team wit Three one hundredths of a second separating them. Yeah, I I don't have any footage of the final finish line. I, my guess is Dre with uh, Mayhem definitely has footage of it because I saw him shooting and he was right at the finish line, right where the button was. But it came down to three one hundredths of a second. Zero point zero three seconds was the difference with Tasia hitting the button for Mayhem and taking second place. And uh, I'm not actually actually sure who hit it for Wit, but the team Wit member hitting their button think, and taking think, third. Uh, yeah, I think Sam Briggs hit it with just anger energy. There it is. She just reached out across the floor. Yeah, and hit it with her angry psyche. She she had she basically had the opportunity to make up for Rich passing her during the 14.5 live announcement with that one moment. She was like, huh. No, but uh, Nike should consider Tasia because she had some wheels on her dog. Like, Dude, she went give fast. Give her a shoe. Yeah, she went fast. Uh, so basically, the the team competition, it's... Just such short little legs. Too. Yeah, it's not, it's not <laughs> accurate to say it all came down to three one-hundredths of a second because there was a whole series of scored events before that. However, recency is a real thing, right? It's It's important to look at the most recent part of the story and the final and most recent part of the story was three one hundredths of a second making the difference so shout out to throwdowns i guess for having such an accurate scoring system yeah it's super nice the button if you are not sold on the button yet i honestly don't know what to tell you the button is is there anybody out there that's pushing for us not to have buttons because they're great i don't know 
I want to slam. I'm going to make this a straw man argument. I'm going to say someone saying that the button sucks. Also, Throwdowns is just missing out on having a like awesome booth experience for people at, to press the yeah, button. All at all the sanctionals, they just need to set up booths with all right. Here's an activation. Here's an activation for activation. Here's an activation for Throwdowns at another sanctional that they're using the button. You set up a booth with the button. You invite people to come by and do like something super quick, like 15 air squats, 10 push-ups, 5 burpees, as quick as they can. And they get to hit the button. Every button push, you donate a penny to you know some charity. That's a million-dollar weekend. Thank you. You're welcome. Let's raise a million dollars for something. Puppies. <laughs> not, or not, whatever. Not sick puppies, just puppies just in puppies, general. Just puppies. <laughs> wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be dope? <laughs> they need the, the money. Just raise a million dollars um, for puppies. Puppies are broke too, man. Yeah, I also think that today was uh, just a good example of how the entire competition went for the elite teams all weekend. I mean, literally, it was one, two, three for Mayhem, Team Gowad, and Wit uh, in the first event on the day. That's how they place first, second, third. Yep. Uh, and then on Celebrate Life, it was two, one, three. That that that's it. That's the whole weekend for the elite teams. It's Absolutely, like, it is. these assholes keep taking the top <laughs> three positions. I guess we're duking it out for fourth on. Right. And that's that's what I mean. We, we talked a little bit about that on the women's side, but this is a much more extreme example because it's not just one team or one competitor that's just taking all the points. It's two teams, two competitors that are taking all the points. Yeah. There's only a finite amount of points available on the field at any at any given competition, at any given event. And when there's two teams that are vying for it, they take all the points. There's even a third one, you know, that's still getting a whole team lot of is still them. getting a whole lot of points. And the the reasoning or the effect that you have from that is there's a one hundred point gap between third place and, fourth, and place. fourth place. It's like they were playing a different game. It's as if they were doing a completely different, different competition. competition. Yeah. 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 And, th- and that fourth place team is tentatively the team that will get the invite kind of all right so let's break this not guaranteed i'm glad that chase brought this up because uh i was talking to the actual people from crossfit hq whose job it is to decipher the rule book that they wrote Mm -hmm. and apply it in situations like this so let's break it down the invite from wadapalooza on the team side is going to team wit Here's why it doesn't go to Mayhem Freedom. They have already Mayhem qualified. Independence. Oh, no, here's Mayhem why it doesn't Freedom. go to Mayhem Freedom. Mayhem Freedom wins the sanctional, but they've already qualified. They already have their spot. Therefore, it backfills down to the next team that does not have a spot. That team is Team Gowad. However, Team Gowad is ineligible to take the invite, to get the invite, because two of their members are already on the roster for, for another, another games team. team. And that games team is the team that won in Dubai, with Travis Williams on it, and Roy Gambo on it, and the two women from Team Gowad, uh, Taylor Williamson and Andrea Nisler. Yeah. Now, it should give you a little bit of a pause. You should 100% not count this team out. Not the Team Gowad, but the team that won in Dubai. I forget what they called themselves. Uh, but the the team that won that has this women's half Maybe it's from M-10 Team... Pro- M- M- M10 performance, P10 performance. P, it's not like that. Maybe something. something like that. So the the women's half of this team, Gowad and Travis Williams and Roy Gamboa, are a team going to the CrossFit Games. This team just pushed Mayhem Freedom to the point where, you know, it's only a couple of points that separated them. Yeah, they went the neck. They went neck and neck with them. Mayhem Freedom is human. As Batman asks Superman in that awful Batman versus Superman movie, Martha. Do you bleed? Uh, different quote. My different bad. quote, but same thing. Same, same, thing. same, but different. Now, here's the deal. Uh, the rule book says that if your team um, has members on it that are already on the roster of another games team, you cannot get the invite from a sanctional. And the roster on the games team is set after that team wins. So, like, after they won in Dubai... They get the invite. They say yes. They register. During the registration, they have to declare their roster. The roster has to include the four people that qualified them, so the four athletes that were there in the floor on the competition, and then two alternates, one male, one female. Correct. 
that's where this gets really imp- important. The reason why I mention that is that Team Wit does not have a qualifying spot nope. and does not have any members on the team that are already part of another games team. Correct. Because of that, they get the invite. Hmm. However, however, on Team Wit, let's actually go ahead and break this open so you guys can see what I'm talking about here. On Team Wit, if you take Ow. a look at the teammates, Josh Alchama, Harriet Roberts, Michael Smith, Sam Briggs, in order for them to successfully accept the team invite and register the team, they would have to take it, say yes, and then bring on two alternates. Right. But those alternates can only be one male, one female. And both females on this team, Harriet Roberts and Sam Briggs, both of them are going to be going individual to the games, which means that they cannot field a team of four. Wow. I didn't know that they could only bring in alternates one male one female that's it yep so they they can they cannot field a team of four and i actually asked sam briggs at the press conference hey you guys got the invite i don't know if they knew or not but you guys got the invite are you going to take it is there any chance that you guys actually decline the individual invites you've already accepted and take the invite and she said no there's no chance so therefore while the official invite is sent to Team Wit, they have to decline it, and it goes to the next team, which is Independence. Right. And that is my TED Talk. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, super, no, super confusing. It was confusing enough that, like I said, I was standing next to and talking to the guy who wrote the rule book. Mm-hmm. whose job it is to figure this out because he wrote it because he wrote it and i was like hey man who are you going to give the invite to like wit cannot take it so who are you going to give it to are you just going to give it directly to independence he's like ah, i see this but i will give it to wit and we talked we actually talked it through for a second and his reasoning was really it made a lot of sense which is essentially you have to give it to the person who earns it based off the rule book whether or not you know they're going to accept it, the same way that Travis Williams says, hey, I'm definitely going team. If Travis were to get in the qualifying spot, they would have to give, give it to him. him. Yeah, And then it's up to him. And then it's up to him to say no, right? The same thing. They have to give it to the team. It's up to the team to say, we decline. And the reasoning behind that is that they have it in writing at that what point. If, what if we find out that these game invites for the team or the individual invites for the, for like the team athletes like Travis – actually function kind of like the ring from Lord of the Rings. So the second that it's it given you to invisible? you, no, it oh. starts calling you. It's like, <laughs> accept me, accept me, go team, go team, Sam. My precious. Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Something like that. And then she puts it on and she can't not go team for the rest of her life. No, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sam is like, in many ways, like the elves. Uh, she un- eats one she- piece of bread and she's good for hours. She doesn't age. True. She performs at an incredibly ethereal, <laughs> nearly level magical high level all the time. She's seen some shit and experienced way more than any of us could ever really contemplate. I think we're on to something, actually. And she's absolutely immune to the call of something like a team invite. A team invite. <laughs> she's just like, no. A weaker mortal might fall for for this, but I will not. Is basically, I think Damn. that was her answer, word for word. A weak mortal might fall for this. Big, yeah. sh- big shots calling the team athletes weak mortals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she actually looked. She didn't even have to look at me when she was at. She just looked at Rich. She's like, a weak mortal might take the call for the team, and I was like, wow, you're gonna go there? That's crazy. Elvin Queen here. What's going on? She doesn't care. She can take him in a fight. Anyway, uh, yeah. So that's that's the action. And you know we're all about that action, boss. Uh, about, about it's been action, boss. A really great long weekend. Extremely long weekend. Wadapalooza is an event that continues to surprise in many different ways for many different reasons. Um, it has a lot of very unique components to it. It has a lot of very uh, exciting things involved with it. I think it has some places where it can improve and grow. That's the type of thing that you know every high functioning organization they're just hungry for that type of feedback and that type Mm -hmm. of insight and i think they get a lot of that over the weekend i know i had at least three conversations with people involved with their organization just over the past few days 
with things that I noticed, things that I saw, what could have been changed, what could have been improved, where to look at things uh, going to the future. Right. They're very, very open to that sort of thing. And I, uh, I respect them for that. Now, this is not the time to do a full like review of what Wadapalooza had going on. I will do that later in the week after I have some time to sort of decompress and maybe sleep and maybe get some sleep, decompress from like the travel from the long days. Uh, also come down off of sort of the, the high that is like seeing the competition, seeing my friends, getting to talk to the athletes, getting to talk to event organizers, getting to see all these different people coming together, the vibe and the vibration of the crowd and like the music. I need to get the EDM out of my ears. Like, yeah. All of that needs to go away so I could actually think about this with a level-headed mind. You can definitely mind. say the music again. And uh, the music again. And get after it with a much more clear and thoughtful review of what Wadapalooza has going on. Mm-hmm. So that is definitely going to happen um, in the next few days. But until then, let's go ahead and take a look here uh, if there are any questions on uh, YouTube since we're here Oh, wow. So many people here hanging out. Let's see. Um, We answered some of these questions about Noah, about Tia. Uh, Let's see. I want to go to the Lusa next year. Looks like a blast. Uh, Okay. So, Alfred, you definitely should come to Wadapalooza, but do not ever call it the Lusa again because I don't know what that is. I've never heard of anyone say that before. Yeah, that's not it, boss. That ain't it. Uh, Let's see. Chase needs to dump the man bun and Armin needs to know the mullet is not back. All right, you know what, Alfred? (laughs) Don't come to Wadapalooza next year. Go find an event called The Lusa and and just hang out there because man buns and mullets are absolutely a thing. Yeah. Cool? Cool. Yeah, Alfred with the the inaccurate hot takes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, Correct word for a true olism is a tautology. Correct. Wow. That is correct, Denny Tenny. Um, let's see. What are the questions there are in here? Uh, Vellner grew up a gymnast. Yeah. Okay. Why are these aren't questions? Given Travis Williams and Goat performance, do you think we'll see Rich Froning take second place this year? That's a really good question. He That's said Rich really Frowning, good. by the way. Did and you, oh, he did see Rich Frowning. Nice. Um, nice. I would I would venture a guess uh, that Rich knows the games team programming and what to expect uh better than anybody and he knows how to train for it he knows how to peak for it he knows how to get a bunch of uh individuals that train on their own to come together and really just knock it out of the park i would say that wadapalooza probably isn't the best event to look to them to be like the killers in the field even though they are this really elite team uh you know if we look back to last year it just it, it wasn't a good time for them uh and for them to come back this year i mean it's a completely different team but to come back this year and just look like the mayhem from the games, given that it's Wadapalooza programming, uh, I think that I think that says a lot about what mayhem freedom has going on. Um, it is it is nice to see that there are people that can push them, but I don't know. I don't I don't know if Roy Gambo and Travis are going to add enough to uh, Andrea Nisler and uh, Taylor Williamson to really push them over the edge. I mean, they're going to have to have a flaw flawless flawless perfect out of body experience at the games to do it i agree um i agree with what you say there i think you know the men on Goad were street horner luke schaefer two badasses i think travis williams and roy gamboa um are probably bigger badasses they can they can definitely stack up to that male pairing the question becomes is the is the team as competent with those two men as they are with Luke and Street. You know who's going to know those answers? Andrea Nistler and Taylor and Williams. Taylor Williamson are going to know the answers to that. Uh, so are the men going to be, or is that team going to be as as well-functioning as a unit, you know, with that set of four instead of this set of four? God, that would be a great interview. Yeah, just, hey, off the record, but totally not. No, uh, the... The other question that needs to be answered is, you know, what do they say? When you come for the king, you, you better, better come, kill him. You, yeah, you better come correct, I guess. Yeah, uh, when you come for the king, you better you yeah better, aim for the head. You better aim for the head, right? Or uh, in the UFC and MMA, it's like if you're gonna if you're going for a title shot, you have to definitively defeat the champ in order to be the champ. 
Yeah. Right. You can't. You can't even come close. If it's a draw, you're effed. If you just barely win, you're effed. You have to make a statement. It's the same thing. This team, Mayhem Freedom, is undeniably the best team that ever has done CrossFit and probably ever will do CrossFit. So, you know, until a team can come together and just knock it out of the park and they have a bad day or a series of bad days, it's really hard to say. But the fact that this weekend Gowad was able to push them really well, um, it bodes for a very exciting CrossFit Games. Now, there's also another question up here uh, from Russ Flynn asking, with Fee having an individual, individual spot, who would take her place for independence? That's a really good question. And the, the context for that question is that Mayhem Independence has Fee Sagafi on it. So mm-hmm. Fee Sagafi actually just qualified as an individual through the Mayhem Classic. My right. guess is the reason why she's down there is because she trains with Scott. Scott is down there. The boys are down there, Saxon and Spencer. Yeah. So like it just worked out. It just worked out for all of them to come and compete together. Fee can be on a games roster, uh, a games team roster, and not decline her individual spot. They just use the alternate female. So whoever they plan on using as their alternate female would come in. Yeah, because as in. you as you mentioned earlier, the place that uh, Wit ran into trouble is that it's both the females that Correct. they have to replace. So in they can steal the team. They, in this instance, they just have to replace one of the females. Um, shouldn't be a problem. According to uh, Kenneth Mao. Fee filled in for Taylor Stride, who had a conflict this weekend. So there you go, guys. Breaking Uh, news. Look at that. Um, Let's see. Any other questions here? Considering the performance this weekend, does Sarah stand a chance against Tia for the games? Um, I, I I still think that Tia is arguably on trajectory to be the greatest crossfitter period uh i mean another few wins another couple dominant wins like what she did this past year and the nails in the coffin she's just by far hands down the greatest to ever do yeah, it yeah I, I i i think tia is in great shape obviously she's the fittest woman on earth um there's probably not a time of year where she's not in great shape but this isn't the same dialed in, 100% focused uh, Tia Claire Toomey that we see at the games. This is a Tia that's coming off back-to-back travel. I mean, overseas at long international flights, not being in the routine that she usually is. Um, It's, you know, (laughs) I think it says more about her that she was still able to come here on top of all that shit and still, like, battle with one of the best in the game, Sarah Sigmund's daughter, and come out on top. Um, but that's not to take anything from Sigmund's daughter because, I mean, from all things that we heard, it, and, you know, based off her season, she doesn't look like she's in her best shape either right now. And she said she's feeling really good. Yeah. Like, she looks like she's feeling really good. Um, I'm curious to see how that pans out for her over the rest of the season because, like we said, we're not even halfway through the sanctional season. There's still a lot of season left, and... Now we're getting into the back end of it. It's the part of the season where the most experienced athletes know that they can sort of hunker down and have a really solid base building and training camp going into the games. And that's yep. exactly what they're going to choose to do. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a couple more questions here. Let's see. Uh, what was our favorite event? Chase, what was your favorite event? My favorite event of the weekend. That's a good question, man. Uh, I really, really, really dug the pace race event the pace boat one with the rowing yeah yeah that was awesome man that was uh it was a bit of a mess to watch for the teams um but it it was really cool to just kind of see that that functionality built built in yeah i'll go with that it's a little it's odd we haven't seen anything like it i'll pick it no that is a brand new style of event that was very very cool um i wish the paces were a little bit faster so that more people were getting just murked by the (laughs) pace boat I wish they would have made the paint the pace boat a little more animated. Yeah, it would like it would like be shark chomp every yeah, time it passes somebody. Really cool. Yeah, or there's <laughs> a there's a scream like a Wilhelm scream on, yeah. on the sound every time it passes somebody. Yeah, get on it, Wadapalooza. Make yeah, that happen. Yeah, please fix that, everybody. That's going to be my biggest complaint. Um, 
No, I'd say that was a really fun one. Um, man, uh, I I like pump sesh triplet because it's like the type of thing that I would want to do in some meaningful way, like dumbbell bench, some sort of strict pulling. Fall from 18 feet up. No, no, no. Just some sort of strict pulling, probably scaled to pull-ups or something. Uh, and uh, and the dumbbell thrusters is like a little conditioning kick to the gut yeah. you know, in the middle there. Like that's a fun little workout that I would probably try and recreate in my garage or recreate it at the gym on like a Saturday afternoon if there's empty, would you be. know. Yeah, if you scaled it appropriately, I think that's a fun workout. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat and go ahead and mention another one. I really like the Nine Lives event. Like it was really really cool because right. I like doing that style of workout myself, anyways. Where you're where you're doing a, um, you know, inter like basically interval work, right? You got to do this every minute on the minute while also accomplishing this in the time during your rest. So that's really cool to see um, that up to like the highest intensity. Um, I wouldn't want to do the workout. But it was a lot of fun to see people just sell their soul to win one part of that workout. Yeah. <laughs> and then just the the realization, you know, the the chickens come to roost. Is that yeah. is that a thing? Man, we are just specializing in expressions that we can't f- fulfill today. The realization when the chickens come to roost that you just you just killed yourself in order to uh to try and to just try and get one W out of it and take last place on the next event. Um, let's see. Can someone accept an individual invite, then qualify as a team and unaccept the individual invite? Yes. So if, for example, team wit, everyone agreed and was like, Hey guys, we're going to do this as a team. They could take, they could take see backsies, their individual spots, um, and say no, but they just can't have both. Um, are there any other questions in there? Chaser? Anything other than, other than this guy saying that go wad one. Oh, let's see. What is that? Check the team placements with GoWad and Mayhem. It's added up wrong. GoWad won. I have a really hard time believing that's the case. It might very well be added up wrong. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But my... my I would be shocked if they weren't double and triple and quadruple checking all of that stuff over the course of the weekend to make sure that the final leaderboard spot is accurate. Uh, in the meantime, actually, I can do some quick math and we can see what's going on here. Quick math? Quick math uh, with Armin and Chase. While, while he's doing the quick math, I want to answer uh, a question that we had from Jared there. Uh, can Austin support a sanctional Austin, Texas? And how do we start one up? <clears throat> And uh, to answer your question, I think yes, and we're going to call it the Fitbeth Games, and you can help get this started by donating to my Venmo. You can find it, just direct message me on Instagram, and I assure you all all of the funds that you send for the Fitbeth Games, so make sure you send it to me and say, for exclusive Fitbeth Games uh, use... That way I know what it's supposed to be used for. I can assure you that all of that money will go towards putting on the most mediocre uh, sanctional event in Austin the in most my garage. Mediocre. Yeah, we're going to have one implement of each. We're going to have one barbell uh, for both the men and the women to use. Um, we're going to have one dumbbell, one kettlebell. Uh, that's That's all you got. That's all you got. But yeah. You know, uh, Chase, did you have a favorite? Did you have a favorite athlete that we interacted with this weekend? Because you don't usually get to hang out with with all the athletes as much as as much as uh, I might. So, did you have a favorite athlete that you interacted with? Well, it definitely wasn't Brent Fakowski. <laughs> 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 no, uh, actually, yeah, Brent Fakowski was a lot of fun to hang out with. Man, um, he's a he's a cool guy. He's a he's a he's a chill bro. Um, I. You know, I felt like he was giving me some pretty. I got to work out with Brent Fakowski, what two days ago now. Yeah, you might want to um, add the context. Yeah, it's all like it's all becoming a blur. Uh, yeah, we we jumped in on some of his training while he's down here in Miami, and uh, you know he gave me some advice on how to do thrusters better, which was helpful. He um, gave me some advice on how I should just stop trying to do double unders altogether because I'm so bad at them. And uh, right, I just want to make it clear, by the way, that uh, the math is not wrong. It's not wrong. It is correctly added up. It checks out. The leaderboard is correct. The actual 
team winners are Mayhem Freedom. We've been bamboozled. Well, I got. I think we got bamboozled, dude. I think we got we talk, we got totally bamboozled there. Yeah, man, it was it was a lot of fun hanging out with Fikowski. Do you have a favorite interaction with athletes that we had? I mean, I feel like this is all old hat at, for you by this point. You've you've seen and done it all. Um, hanging out with Matt on Friday night was really cool. Was that Friday night? I have no idea. You're asking the wrong person, but I think so. I think it was Friday night. Hanging out with Matt and the, and his crew on Friday night was really cool. Um, we spent a lot of time just sort of eating dinner, shooting the shit, talking, having a good time. That was really cool. And I think that added to the vibe of the interview that we did mm-hmm. because he was loose. He was relaxed. He was very uh, authentic and genuine. He knew that we weren't cops. He knew that we weren't cops. He knew that we were cool. We, and we ain't going to be no snitches. Uh, even though apparently he's a total snitch. I don't know. No, nah, he's not a snitch. He, was, he doesn't even know who that person was. But if you cheat in front of Matt Fraser and try and make a big stink about it, yeah, he's going to call you out. Yeah, I feel like we need to reiterate that. In that interview, Matt isn't going around doing that for everybody. No. And he isn't like he isn't making a case that you should. He's saying that guy was causing shit to a volunteer, a person right. that's doing this because they love the sport, they love being around the athletes, and they wanted to be here. They're right. doing it for free, working long-ass hours. And Matt Fraser's like, yo, go fuck yourself, you cheating, thigh-clamping asshole. <laughs> Don't and I think that's fair. Don't you dare yell at that volunteer. <laughs> Don't you dare. Don't you talk to me or my children ever, ever again. again. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that's a really big question, Sean Kennedy. Do I think Wadapalooza did a good job of giving an ev- even test of fitness for team competition that's a really good question but it's a huge question it's the type of thing that would require me like i said earlier just take a few days to relax and uh decompress and sort of put some thoughts together so the plan is probably what day is it today today's the 24th i want to say 23rd uh the plan is probably to do something live tuesday or wednesday night a little bit later, Tuesday or Wednesday night, um, or sometime during the day on Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, to really dive into what Wadapuza did well in terms of its programming, in terms of its, you know, the live feed, the broadcast, the production, the in person experience, all that sort of stuff that, that we've talked about before. So um yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a little bit more of an in depth thing. We've already been at it today, tonight for a little bit uh, under an hour. Really we just wanted to cover the competition today mm-hmm. i think is important um and say thanks for everybody for hanging out and watching this with us it's been really fun yeah um you know this experience is a little unique because uh you know, i haven't done these like daily on-site live videos from a sanctional before I, I'm hoping to be able to do this a little bit more often. This is really fun. It is, uh, it's a lot of work, but it is super fun to get a chance to do this and interact with you guys, uh, talk to Chase a little bit, shoot the shit about what's going on um, in the space and with the sport. That is absolutely one of my favorite things to do. So, Likewise. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Thanks for all your support. Remember, there's a whole lot going on in our sport. Easy to miss some of the most interesting and exciting stories. That is what I am here for. And I will see you guys very soon. Take care. See you later. Peace.